You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Rick, and we are back once again with the original, the often duplicated but never replicated Know Your Foe series. And we have a very, very special guest today, the one actually who got us on the network, and we're super thankful for to have her in here, and someone who lets me, you know, crash the show on Friday's Locked On ACC. We have Miss Candice Cooper. Candice, what's, what's going, going on? on? I haven't seen you in a long time. What's going on? <laughs> I'm just saying, that intro is kind of fire. I'm like, locked on some of those intros, kind of some heat. I'm not gonna hold you. I will say Max picked that out. I okay. Was very, I'm like, I'm like, okay, okay. I'm like, I wanted to go a little harder with it. I was like, nah, man, you need, you need to know the demo a little bit better. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna let you pick that one out. He, I think he did a really, really good job. Normally, I just skip people's intros and like get to it right to the meat, but now I know I need to like take some time to just listen to the vibes as I head in. So cool stuff. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, we love to have you here. And Let's just dive, you know, dive on the dive right on in here real quick. We have a rematch from last year's game that a lot yeah. of us thought that, uh, especially you, that thought we were going to be a little bit, be- you know, a little better for y'all. I mean, UNC did lose to Florida State last year. Ad Doko was kind of more the coming out party for Jordan Travis. Yeah. But before we get into that, I kind of want to ask you where what is this team? Because you had a lot of fanfare coming into the year, even though you did lose a Michael Carter, a Javante Williams, a Deami yeah. Brown to the NFL. So. What was the, uh, I guess, what was the reasoning behind all this hype that you had coming into the year? I mean, I think it was having all of those studs, right? Nobody. And also you had the thought that the O-line was going to be mature, right? They're veterans coming in. They figured it out. They're going to give Sam so much time. So even if he does have receivers who have to adjust, we still saw some flashes of them because we didn't see, you know, our studs in the bowl game. So we're like, okay, there's potential here. You almost took down at Texas A&M, who was number five in the country. There's potential here. You saw the defense step up, right? Jeremiah Gimmel, you saw Tony Grimes, Gina Sante. You were like, okay, we're figuring it out. Kyler McMichael's trying to find his way. And then suddenly, for whatever reason, Carolina just laid an egg real quick, starting out the gate. And so I think this team was hopefully going to be something that matured with Sam, but we haven't quite got, haven't quite got there yet. So, the, like, do you, is like one specific part of the team that you kind of like say, okay, you know, the offensive line is living up to standard? Yes. Is it Sam? Is the offensive line? <laughs> <laughs> yes, full stop. Mm-hmm. Oh, full stop, full stop offensive line. I'm about to say, because, like, Sam Howell, he had, I mean, I had him as a Heisman front runner coming into yeah. the year. And, oh, I mean, yeah. part of that is you need a decent offensive line, but also your defense, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, also hasn't really lived up to the billing, even though you have, like, a Miles Murphy on the team, a Eugene Asante, and a Tony Grimes. So it just seems that a lot of the, I guess, like you're saying, nothing has come to fruition coming into the year. Yeah, and you also talk about the run game, right? You lost Javante Williams, you lost Michael Carter, and maybe it spoke more to what kind of magic they put out despite our offensive line, but Ty Chandler doesn't have the same kind of chemistry, hasn't been with those guys as long, so he can't really figure out what to do with those holes, and he just is not delivering in the same way. It's not to say he's a scrub because he's not by any means. He's, we saw some breakouts from him already. He's 400, over 400 yards for the season, but we've seen that from a Javante and Michael in one game. So that's where it gets a little tricky, right? You get a little like, okay, you know, it was fun games until we decided that Sam Howell was also going to have to be a fake Javante Williams this season, and he's getting swallowed up in the backfield. My guy is getting sacked, you know, multiple times in a game. So again, 
that offensive line is tough, <laughs> but our defense, our defensive line, we thought Tamon and Mari Fox were going to be, you know, super studs. Tamon got broke, you know, Lawrence Taylor's record. That's great. However, can we win games? Because I'm always of the person of the mind that, you know, stats are cool, awards are great, but if we're not getting wins, they don't really matter. So then I kind of want to ask you then how – what is this season I get meant to you from the perspective of Coach Mac Brown? Mac Brown like came in in year one, like he's coming back to UNC. Y'all didn't have like a, such high expectations, but he performed you know pretty well. He beat Miami his first year, and then in year two, you just basically like you said earlier, you just took the entire country by storm with Sam Howell and with all these weapons. And then this year has been, as you said earlier, kind of like late in that. Like I guess what's the fans' perspective with Coach Mac Brown now? So everyone loves Mac, right? I think Mac has the flavor. He has the Jordans. He has all of the energy that the coaches before him didn't exactly bring. And he's had some strong, you know, some good wins and flashes of really good players who've made national attention. He also is a great salesman, right? He can sell water to a drowning man. So we, we love that for him. But the same token, I feel as if, you know, recruiting has been his main sticker stickler at the moment and not necessarily the X's and O's of what the current team is, right? He'll be the first to tell you, he'll keep it real and honest in all of his pressers about what the team is and isn't. But when you go on the national stage, you're selling us, right? You're selling the dream. You're letting everybody know we're so great. We're so awesome. You're selling that to the recruits. You're getting hyped. You're dropping the videos and the gist every time we get an amazing five-star. And now that's become our thing. Five stars are great, but can they deliver on the field? We, I mean, you're from a Florida State team whose brand is loyal and you've got five stars like it's, you know, another Cheerio. So you're wondering why can't these guys deliver? Miami, who's used to having studs, can't deliver the X's and O's. So I think it's one of those things now where having the names, you know, as a part of your arsenal are great, but can they actually deliver when it comes to game time? I mean, yeah, I mean, that's basically what we've seen actually also with the FSU. You know, we're currently a five-star to five-star to five-star. And then over the past few years, we're kind of now see a shift in recruiting with under Coach Mike Norvell where we're getting these these high-quality, high-floor guys, these high-three-star prospects that we, like I always have to tell, you know, Dave, like Dave, like, you know, we can't get every single five-star. Like those days right now, as of right now, they're gone. We can come back to that because we do, the logo still holds really great weight. Like you say, say the same, yeah, you say the same for Miami. But for right now, it's really difficult to keep, the talent in state also because you have Clemson's out there, Alabama as well. And then I can't imagine how difficult it is for UNC as well with Clemson just being right there. And then just your town pool is already so small. Yeah. You mean you compete with the Clemson's of the world, but it's different. Mac Brown mentioned how normally you never talk about Carolina. You don't talk junk about this university or like guys who want to come here, but that was sort of becoming the thing. So that made them feel good. Like, okay, we're actually making some changes around here. But for the longest time, it was competing with NC state. Like the Dave Doran is a great recruiter in my opinion. And so now that you finally have like an even keel, people are like, okay, I'm going to consider, I'm going to have that in-state energy that they were really pushing, you see that, you know, but at the same time, again, is it actually delivering on the field? So then before we, you know, we go to breaking head into actually the X's and O's on offense and defense, I do want to ask you, how long do you actually think Mac Brown is going to be at UNC? And do you have someone already on staff, whether it be, you know, one of your defensive coordinators, I'm joking about that, by the way, or your offensive you know, coordinator there that to replace him when actually it's time to go? You know, I would be upset if Coach Bateman, who is our defensive coordinator, Jay Bateman and Phil Longo, our offensive coordinator, were the head coach. I just don't see it. I think that they have too many miscues. And again, you have too much talent for them to look lost on the field at times or get swallowed up, especially when it comes to the defense, they get ran over. So I'm just like, Bateman, what what we got going on? If you can't teach fundamental tackling, absolutely not. But when the same vein, I think that Phil Longo sometimes does plays and tries to play calling 
is super questionable. So I think Mac has about two to three, Lord willing, in the creek don't rise. I mean, my guy is 70, right? So I'm hoping he has two to three, but he's also kind of having the guys in waiting, same way Hubert Davis and Roy Williams had that thing going where he's really trying to teach that next one in waiting up. I think it's going to be a younger guy that we're not expecting personally. Hey, maybe you might go out there grab Luke Fickle, maybe a Marcus Freeman as well. Those are me, or maybe you know, I heard Greg Schiano apparently is now popping up <laughs> Miami rumors, and I'm like, really, Schiano yeah. in Miami? That's nothing. That's not going to happen at all whatsoever. But before we you know, we dive on it. I'd really be remiss if we talk about our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar, Kansas. What's your favorite flavor of Built Bar, by the way? Uh, definitely mint brownie. I'm a mint girl. All right, all right. I'm a big Terry Barcia guy. Max is the peanut butter brownie kind of guy, and then Dave. David is a is a nutcase. He actually has the salted caramel in there. He's got the coconut, the raspberry. But folks, try Built Bar is the best and most delicious. Sir, copyright trademark, copyright trademark flavor protein bar actually out there. And if you go to builtbarbuilt.com, use promo code LOCK15, you'll be able to get fifteen percent. That's one five percent off your first order. Built Bar, the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. And folks, trust me, if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for you. And we are back right now with Candace Cooper of Locked On ACC, formerly Locked On Tar Heels. And now we're going to dive into the fun part of the show, offense. Because both our teams typically have decent offenses, I think I would say. Decent, and for sure. you did have to replace one Diami Brown who, mm-hmm. and a Daz Newsome, Like two very, very stalwarts of the program offensively. But yes. you, have a, you have a kid there by the name of Josh Downs. Who, Let's talk about him. No, talk about him. Tell me more about him because that's definitely someone that we're going to be hearing a lot about this coming Saturday. Yeah, Josh Downs, listen, averaging 15 yards for his carries on the season, and he is a guy that is super quick. One who was supposed to go to a different university but just happened to take a trip at Carolina while he was in town and ended up committing, and I think that probably was the best decision of his life because he's gotten to be a star and a stud for Sam Howell, easy connections, and of course, when you have a great quarterback and they find their one guy, they pretty much are going to him every single time. I think Josh is just one where he's super shifty. I hate to use like really generic terms, but he is fast as hell when he gets that ball, and it's he is hard to tackle. And I think that's something that Carolina is definitely struggling with. They're trying to find guys who can find separation and then make something out of plays, especially when that offensive line breaks down. But he's been able to do that so far this season. And then he's complimented by two really good players, and Emory Simmons and Antoine Green as well, too. And that's it's not been the star wide receiver for each team that's kind of burned us this year. It's always been the role players between Emory Simmons and Antoine Green like that have kind of capitalized on FSU's miscues in the secondary. Do they have the capability to continue that trend on Saturday? Or is that, or do you see them more still trying to lead and start trying to force feed Josh Downs? I think they're going to still try and force feed Josh Downs, but I think it's going to be big games for like Kamari Morales and then can Ty Chandler give a little action there. But Garrett Walston, can he be a tight end? We know, you know, big tight ends are always been an issue. We saw that last season with Bo Corrales. So maybe, you know, we can still have some energy in good I want to say just consistent downs. Can we have that third and seven and keep the ball rolling? I think if can we give Sam enough time to throw, it really comes down to how much time we can give Cam. Can Ty Chandler get that first, you know, and seven and get some breathing room for Victor Heels? And just a heads up, Max, since I know you were dying about this question, <laughs> Bo Corrales is not playing in this game, folks. You don't remember last year, Bo Corrales is the wide receiver for uh, UNC that had four catches and 114, 118 yards with, what some people might call a holding call at the end of the game that should have been called on Miko Dotson, but uh, I, that I don't think does account for the drop pass by Javante Williams to end the game as a whole. But let's speaking of Javante Williams, he was probably one of the 
best running backs probably in the entire country. And we see him right now with the Denver Broncos absolutely eating it up. And he had a nice running mate with Michael Carter, who also is now with the Jets. It, right. does, it speaks a lot to y'all's backfield when you have two NFL prospects back there. So one of the things I actually kind of saw was that you took in a transfer from Tennessee by uh, Ty Chandler, and you also have Caleb Hood. So how I want to say, like, how how have they met your expectations coming into the year as a running back duo? You know, it's tough to follow a duo like Javante and Michael, and I think that Ty is doing his best. But you, we always talk about the transfer portal and how you know you pick up guys and they keep things rolling. Well, I think Ty needed one more year to kind of get it under his belt, build the vibes and flow of UNC and make you know that better transition. I also think that Caleb Hood, I you know, I wish his name was Elijah Hood. I don't know if any of you are Tar Heel fans out here or you, you understand. Guy. You understand, right? Okay. Caleb Hood definitely has flashes and he has moments. I think both of them, it's not a tandem, right? I don't see them going they're not one two punches as we're used to seeing. But I hope that you know, this weekend they can figure out how to run over this defense because if they can get some holes from that offensive line, <sighs> say that with huge prayers, I think that, you know, they're going to be able to do big things against the Seminoles defense. With these running backs, so it speaks to the offensive line, sure. which has been nothing short of offensive uh, for probably both of our teams if we're, being, if we're going to keep it a buck. Yeah. And with this offensive line, how do you feel coming into this game when you're going up against a Jermaine Johnson, a Kier Thomas, a Robert Cooper, or even a sometimes brought up Amari Gaynor? Like, do you feel comfortable with your offensive line coming into this game? And also, do you even feel comfortable with the who's taking snaps? Because, like you said earlier, you don't even know who your center is. Like I said, you know, if a Jordan. Josh Azudu, right? Jordan Tucker would figure it out. I would feel better. If Brian Anderson would just really get confidence under center, I would feel better. But for whatever reason, I think our guys really want Sam to do, maybe they're overdoing, right? I think they want Sam to do really well. So they're trying to be on their A plus plus game, but they're more like a C minus game, right? They do enough. And maybe they did enough last season because they have such a good quarterback. They were able to get away with more, but I think it's like, you we can't keep giving them excuses. Right. We can't keep having them have Sam who in the Duke game got sacked five times against Duke defense. Like that's terrible. Like Duke's defensive line is not up to the par to where Sam should be getting sacked five times. Inexcusable. But I think it's just something where I hope that it's harped on this week and that you can have a if anyone needs a breakout game, it's that line. So is that more to just injuries? Like remember you saying earlier they're mature and everything, or, or like you said, are they just trying fundamental to? Fund, fundamentals, Drake? Fundamentals. Fundamentals. <laughs> Just straight up fundamentals. <laughs> straight up fundamentals. <laughs> straight up fundamentals. I wish I could say like injuries and like oh so many, but at some point by week six, everyone's playing with a little bit of wear and tear, right? So you had for whatever reason the abilities to do this last year, and again, yes, your receivers were able to create separation a little bit quicker, but you know we look to you to be the same way we look to Boston College type offensive line. We want you to be of that. We want to talk about you the same way, right? We want to have you know multiple guys on our all ACC list. And we unfortunately only had one, I believe it was Josh on there at the beginning of the season. And I mean, hell, Sam Howell was ACC player of the year. Now look at him, but y'all are making him look bad. So I think everyone just needs to figure out their assignments and truly just give Sam time. So the fundamentals got to be sound coming into Saturday. So then let's move over to the man, that man, Mr. Sam Howell, who a lot of FSU fans were very, I don't know if upset's the right word, but more, more dismayed that he, Decommitted and then flipped over to UNC. Sure. I want to say it was December 12, 2016. I remember that correctly. <laughs> Not oh, sure yeah, I'm, the date and time. Oh, a lot of us are still salty about that because if that kid comes to FSU, it's a whole entire different story right now with how we are. But 
do you feel that Sam Howell's taking a step back actually as a quarterback? Because I, I think from PFF, he's dropped like 15 points all the way down to, I think, what his first, first year numbers were. And do you think it's just from him from him not being able to take that step forward or he's just not being able to because of, you know, the lack of weapons around him or, or whether it be the offensive line or whether it be the play calling? You know, I think, you know, Sam's sophomore season, you saw a lot of holding onto the ball, trying to make that big play and teaching him how to live to see another down. So you came with some maturity, right? Let's just try and get that. We don't have to, everything doesn't have to be a 75 yard touchdown, right? If it's not there, don't force it. But this year, I feel like it's with his legs that he's trying to do everything because he wants to put his team in the best position, but he's taking a lot of hits, right? He's getting, not only being sacked, but when he has to go and run because the plays break down, he is getting those extra 10 to 15 yards. And he, we, yay, he has wheels, but at the same time, you're still getting tackled in ways that you probably wouldn't if you could just throw. So I think if he's given more time, he can definitely deliver. We've seen it. So I don't necessarily think it's a step down. I think it's more so frustration that's making it look uglier than it probably is, right? Because I think at the end of the day, he knows how to deliver NFL-type throws, right? He knows how to throw the long ball. He knows how to, you know, make those checkdowns if needed. But at some point, you know, you have to answer for why Carolina has these quick three and outs when probably there could have – if you see some of the guys – some of the receivers actually do do creating space and you're not getting to them. And I like how you said that he makes his NFL throws. I remember specifically, I think it was last week, he made this beautiful corner throw to the, uh, I forgot who it was. It might have been downs, like to the corner pylon. And that's right. I mean, he is a junior and he's not going to be here this coming year. So I know it's not a specific to this game question. Do you feel comfortable with a Jacoby Criswell or a Drake May that's sitting there in the back actually coming in next year to start? I think Criswell is decent, right? He does enough, but it's definitely going to be a step back year, right? Like the expectations are going to be different. The sugar is not going to be as strong, but at the same time, I'm up for Sam going to do what's best for him, right? I don't see this offensive line getting exponentially better. So if you have people talking about you, especially at Carolina football, no time but now to go and take to the next level. Now can Drake may eventually be a Sam Howell type. I've heard murmurs that he is that kind of quality guy. But, you know, it runs in the family over there, right? So I think that's just something where Criswell can't get it done. We've seen, you know, quarterback competition, and sometimes you just got to go with a better hand. So now that we have the wide receivers, the running backs, the O-line, the QB, let's put it all together real quick before we go to defense. What do you think uh, FSU's defense needs to do in order to basically not contain, because it's going to be very hard to contain a, a Sam Howell quarterback with these weapons around him, what can FSU's defense do to, I guess, mitigate the damage or kind of keep themselves like sort of in the game because to help their to allow their defense to be well? Do not give Sam Howell time. Like you're going to have to rush that man majority of the night. I think that Jermaine Johnson is going to have to have a night the way we saw against Notre Dame, right? I think if you if the line can swallow up and hurry, I'm telling you, you've seen the offensive line. I don't know if you've seen the offensive line in Carolina, but. Don't let Sam get to running. I think that's the biggest thing. Don't let him have those third and longs. Make sure that the receivers don't have time in that secondary. And But don't be stupid, right? Don't have those pass interference calls that you don't need. Like, let's, but cause, because Sam is going to throw it close enough to his receivers to where if you're doing a little too much uh, hand communication, they're going to call it for you. All right. Love to hear then, folks. Before we get over defense, I'll be remiss if we did not tell you about our friends over at boundline.ag. And folks, you know what month it is? It's not October. It's Locktober. And one of my favorite things actually to do with guests on here is to give them the betonline.ag line of the day. Candace, I'm actually going to give you a line. Okay. And I want to see what you pick for this game. And I know 
I, I wanted to go a little bit away from college football. I want to go something a little more close, near and dear to your heart, because I can tell from your tweets. You're a big Giants fan. Huge, unfortunately. Yeah. And I'm unfortunately. so sad. Uh, <laughs> I'm a Marlins fan and a Panthers fan, trust me. I'm depressed the majority of the year, and FSU football hasn't helped me out that much. But we have the New York Giants, I think, traveling to Jerry World, or the Death Star, as I like to call it. The Giants are seven-and-a-half-point underdogs actually heading into town. Of course they are. What are, you, what are you taking in that game? I am. Ooh, that's a great question. Because, like, when the Dallas Cowboys decide to release Jalen Smith, I'm like, all right, you guys don't like chemistry, so you're going to have to figure that one out. They're going to keep rolling without him. So I would take, I would take the Giants in that game, and it's always a close one when they play the Cowboys. So I think I might take minus seven and a half. I think that's a good one. All right, folks, that's your betonline.ag line of the day. Ryan with Kansas, I knew with the New York football giants at plus seven and a half, folks. And Danny Dimes might be the real deal because Saquon Barkley is finally, he looks, he looks, you know, pretty good right now. And then Kadarius Tony might be able to do a little bit of something, even though he's not. Okay, come on, Kadarius. Because <laughs> Galladay ain't doing it. So. Oh, yeah, Galladay was overpaid. I'm not even going to get into that. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> But Sterling uh, Shepard's also always hurt. So it's like, what are you going to do? Yeah, that, that sucks. Uh, <laughs> but you know he's getting a divorce. Okay, sorry. This is going to Oh, no. He's getting really? Yes. To Chanel Iman. Yeah, I know. No, not Chanel. Yeah. Yeah. That's her name. Damn, poor guy. Damn. I know. I know. Maybe that's why he, you know, down bad right now. Maybe that's why he tried to fight the, uh, the Browns DB at practice over summer. Probably. You never know. That's, look at you. Receive. I mean, I, I would have said. It's a locked on shade room right now. <laughs> I mean, I would have said that. I mean, real quick, trust me on that fight. But let's go to defense. Let's okay. get over to defense with with the UNC defense. Now, let me pull it up your grades real quick because there is one player that actually I am super high on on your defense because I'm a big DB guy. I'm from South Tamon Florida. Fox. Oh, I was going to say Tony Grimes. Oh, Tony Grimes. Okay, okay. Basically, because that's going to be – I know – I want to know how you guys actually utilize him actually out in space. Yeah. So how, how have you seen Tony Grimes actually be utilized this year? That's a great question. I think as a true freshman, he really stepped up in big ways uh, for the defense last season. You saw that a lot with the Texas A&M bowl game. You're like, okay, this guy has you know really great abilities and really strong potential. He is going to be playing on Sundays, Sunday. 14 tackles already on the year, 16. Um, hopefully that he will get this weekend. I think he. I think for me, it's all about him playing man-to-man coverage and his ability to just, you know, really play your receivers close. That's going to be the hugest thing. You just, is that a word? That's my SAT it, prep word for the day. It's, it been, listen, a long, it's been a long one. I'm hey, sorry. Listen, I, I say most delicious are all the time. When talking about <laughs> Trust me, Max has gotten on my picture that not being a word. But so then look, I want to talk about something that, you know, we're kind of the opposite problem here. Like our run defenses particularly actually scores really, really well. Mm-hmm. All I've seen against, you know, whether it be Jeff Sins running for 128 yards, Mateo Durant, and Braxton Burmeister, who kind of did the one thing he shouldn't do. He did not throw the ball, actually ran up and up, down on y'all. So what is up with your defensive? I mean, is it your defensive line that typically are, are not being able to play with the gaps? Is it your linebackers, you know, just not being you know, in the right spot at the right time? Like, what is it with your run defense? All right, we're gonna we're gonna do this. Let's do this, right? So I think that it's our <laughs> <laughs> our line our line is decent, right? But then you think about the linebackers, and I feel like Jeremiah Gimmel has been talked up to be the leader. I mean, he is leading in total tackles on the season, but when it comes to just 
looking like they don't know their assignments. That's the biggest part for me. It seems as if they look lost every single time they play. And I don't know if that's a coaching thing or what, but also when it comes to open field tackles, they struggle. So like if someone has an explosive play for whatever reason, wrapping somebody up is just so my rocket science to them. I'm like, if you can't get the fundamentals down, son, I don't know what we're talking about. You can forget like blocking at the line. If you can't tackle somebody, like you can't hug somebody, wrap somebody up. Then what are we even saying here? Why are you playing defense? You know what I'm saying? I don't want to see no turnover chain. I don't want to see no belt, no nothing. If you cannot wrap somebody up, forget making an interception or kept, you know having a pick six. I want to see the fundamentals. That's my biggest thing. Open field tackles. I'm very much stickler about that. Because if you can't tackle in space, then what are we doing? I about to say because it seems like that might play to our advantage because we have three very very slippery dudes and Jordan Travis, Jashawn Corbin, yeah. and Preshawn Ward. Where that if you give them some space and you give them a little bit of movement, and typically that will play to our advantage. Because also I think your two losses against GT and I want to say Virginia Tech mm-hmm. are your two lowest graded games actually with tackling. With I think a forty six. Braxton Burmeister looked like Michael Vick out there. Really? Yes. Did okay. Six, I mean, six thirty on a on a Friday night in Blacksburg. Hey, your boy was flying to, no, to Tallahassee for Notre Dame game. Okay, I missed okay. it. I landed. Okay, so fair, fair. Braxton Burmeister looked like BB. They called him BB three during the game because that's how good he was doing. Yes, I swear, swear, <laughs> right? That's how good he was. He looked like Michael Vick. They gave him all the compliments in the world, and then he also used his t- arm from time to time, and it worked sometimes. It worked, didn't work most times, but he was running all over. Right. And then you had guys like Trey Turner making the defense look silly. So, yeah, if Tra- Jordan Travis can figure out his legs, it's going to be a long day. If Corbin can figure out his how to uh, get through some holes, it's going to be a long day. It's really funny, like how like down you are actually on your run defense, because your run defense is actually 58th in the country, which is actually not super like low. Actually, when Dave pulled it up, I'm like, Dave, like, I, I mean, I, I'm with Candace every single Friday, like on the show. And she's like, our run defense is not particularly great. And he's like. No, they're forward. They're fifty-eight, so it's kind of weird to hear. Fifty-eight that. is not number one. Fifty-eight is not number one. Okay, you can't talk to me all season about how much better your defense has gotten and how much better this team is as a whole, and the returners that you have, and be fifty. I just no, I'm not. I'm not going for that because at the end of the day, you said you wanted to be a complete team. Sam Howell did everything he needed to do offensively to get you guys to the next level, put you guys on a grand stage. Now it's we don't have the games where it's Sam Howell, kind of like Brennan Armstrong and everybody else, the Pips, right? It's very much a we're trying to do our part on offense. We need to do our part on defense. Sometimes we execute, but sometimes we look crazy. Jeff Sims and Jameer Gibbs made y'all look crazy last time y'all played Georgia Tech. Made you look crazy. Yes, you figured it out against Duke, but it's Duke. Like, can we be honest? I'm so glad you stopped Mateo Durant. You held him to 100, a little 100 plus yards. Great. But let's do it again. Like, you have to do it again. That's my part. Consistency. Don't fall asleep at the wheel just because you had somebody's high on you. Keep doing it. That's what good teams, good teams do. They keep doing it. You can't tell me about Georgia State and expect me to clap for you. Maybe I'm too hard on them. Maybe, maybe he's right. But at the end of the day, you, want, you, don't, you can't get accolades when you ain't won nothing. Sorry. I need to say that. No, damn. Y'all sound, you sound like me after week one, and we played another <laughs> game pretty well. Like, no. <laughs> And right now, I know for a damn fact, I think I think I can hear Dave clapping, and I hear Max, you know, throw, doing a little fist pump in the air right now somewhere out there. Guys, I miss you. But 
when whenever we do this sort of like this deep dive, I always like to pick one player on the defense. I'm more I'm partial to defense. Mm-hmm. What player that you know we don't hear that much about is definitely going to be some sort of your X factor actually on the day? Is it like someone like a Tamon Fox? Is it someone like a Ra Ra Dilworth? Like who's going to be? I personally think that it's going to be guys like Jaquarius Conley, Trey Morrison. Those are two that have really had solid years. Trey Morrison, if you remember, he is the guy that's always giving explosive plays in the secondary, right? He is our defensive back that, to me, has the most maturity out of the group. But also, you know, I think Kamon Rucker is a sleeper. You know, he has flashing moments. Eugene Asante has flashing moments. Don Chapman, sometimes, you know, when they're feeling themselves. But can they do it as a collective unit? We're going to have to see. I pray. I just pray. I just pray they take Florida State's offense out of it because I don't think defensively y'all can hold a candle this go round against Sam Howell. Okay. Oh, those. I mean, those are some those are some strong words coming from me right now. I saw. I look. I saw. I saw the game against Syracuse. The whole game. That's dirty. Come on, man. I'm just at home too. Like, come on, guys. All right. All right. All right. All right. I'll, I'll like, let me know when. Let me know when this show's wrapped. But yeah, no. Mm-mm. Oh no, we're gonna wrap up very very soon. Trust me. Trust me. I I have a feeling we're. You know, I know we're gonna be standing out with that, but. So then how, I guess, should be our, because I, I have been saying a lot that my play calling with my, oh, sorry, Mike Norvell's play calling has left a lot to be desired. And what would be your, I guess, game plan that if you can give that to Mike Norvell, like, hey, this should be what you should be doing to actually exploit this very, you know, mediocre Oakland defense. Why would I tell, I know Mike Norvell is listening to this. I know absolutely he is going to use exactly what I say. No, but seriously, I think <laughs> you, got, you got to get Jordan Travis running early and often, but not in a frantic way. So I think if you figure out how to get him to do some QB sneaks, you know, if you get him to do some RPOs to where he feels confident that he can get, you know, those big, big explosive plays. And then Corbin, same way. If you can get those first, you can get eight yards out of the first and 10, like that's going to be breaking down, especially, no, it's the third downs where you break Carolina mentally. Cause if they have to stay on that field, then it's all almost always bad news bears. If you get into the red zone, they're going to have to figure it out defensively. So that's what I would say for offense. Defensively, I just say Jermaine Johnson and company have to have a day. I think that Sam is going to feel frantic if he gets rushed all day. And that offensive line, it can get exposed. But I will also say, if the defense talks jump to the offensive line, the offensive line will end up having an amazing day. You can ask Virginia defenses as to why. Now, do I say Virginia defense is the same as Florida State? No, but allegedly, when they were starting talking trash about offensive, uh, Carolina's offensive line, Carolina's offensive line figured it out. They got called soft, and they were like, oh, bet, say less. And it came out and blew the wad. So I'm just saying, just mind your mirrors, do your plays, don't talk too much. Yeah, no, we're going to talk a lot. Of, <laughs> we're going to talk a lot, a lot of <laughs> out of the game. You, you know what's going to happen. So then I kind of. We're at the end of the show now. So, Candice, why don't you actually give us your official prediction for the game? If I could give my official prediction for the game, I'd say 35-21 Carolina. Really? Yeah. You don't, you're not even covering this game? No. It's wow. going to be closer than people think. You don't think it's going to be close? I mean, I think we're going to win the game, but I don't think it'll be like close like that. So you're thinking, you, okay. So like, what's your score? Oh, my score? So I'll make you remember this on next Friday. We're going to talk. We're going to bring it back. It's going to be the oh, first, it's gonna be like a 45, first thing we talk about. I said this on Thursday. I think okay. it's going to be a 45-42 type of game. Ooh, okay. I think there's going to be literal to no defense at all play in this game. And it's not for us, for lack of trying. It's just going to be <laughs> defenses like running into a buzzsaw, whether it be 
Sam Howell exploiting, you know, pot or exploiting, you know, these open zones that for some reason are always open with the wide receivers. And then also when we have a Jordan Travis, you know, running out in space and he is able to move. We also now we have a Jay Sean Corbin fully healthy and also a Trayshawn Ward with our offensive line who are all our stars are back. Like I'm actually to me, I'm being extremely optimistic and that I'm typically not that person on this show. You can ask Max, you can mm-hmm. ask Dave, but I'm actually really, really stoked for this game and it's going to be a fun time. I wish it was at 730 personally, to be honest with you. I'm glad it's not because I already know what time it would be if it was. So we'll we'll run this back on Friday, next oh, Friday God. when they're locked on ACC. I know I'm going to get so much crap from JJ, <laughs> Ken, Tyler, and the rest of them, and freaking AJ. AJ, we'll put us back at, you know, we shouldn't be 14, man. We should be higher than that. But Candace, thank you so much for coming on. That was a really, really a fun time. Please let people know where to find you at. You can find me at Candace D. Cooper on Twitter. You can also find me at Locked on ACC. We cover the show five days a week with my great co-hosts. We talk about everything, all the teams. Give Florida State plenty of love most times, but, you know, it's all good love at the end of the day. So, yeah, find me there, and uh, we can just keep this thing rolling. Thanks so much for having me. Anytime, and that's not always trust, a love. Trust me, I've heard enough. I listen to your show every damn day. But, folks, <laughs> thank you all so much for the love and support. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to give us a five-star review. T-Don, thank you so much for the five-star review, actually, by the way, with your agreeing with me about the Jordan Travis, Chubba Purdy, Mackenzie Millen hype, and we will read more five-star reviews on Five Star Fridays. And, folks, for Drake, that was Candace. We'll see you Monday on Lockdown Seminole.